Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. y'all we're back with another episode of tis the podcast the podcast dedicated to keeping the christmas spirit alive all year long i'm julia i'm anthony and i'm tom we almost had another incident where i missed my cue and tom (laughs) (laughs) it's not like we've been doing this for very long no of course (laughs) it's not like we've been doing it for over two years now like you know, it's one of the first things. Season. The first things I know. The first thing I noticed listening to last week's episode was Tom's uncharacteristic, the lack of the. And I'm Tom. <laughs> he was yes. all chipper in it last week, and I'm like, huh? How about that? Weird week to be chipper too. It was a weird week. To be <laughs> also, chip- what chipper. I thought. <laughs> also, what I thought. <laughs> How's y'all's weeks been? So I was on vacation in D.C. Ah, the pictures you posted are just I cannot believe, like, I missed by one week the Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh, but I'm really glad. I'm really thankful you got that picture so I could see it. I mean, that was pretty awesome. You covered some major ground in not a lot of time, guys. Right? But man, I was exhausted by the end of it. It's like one of those, like, I wanted, I did not want to go to work one day. I came home (laughs) Sunday night. I was like... I was too tired. <laughs> but I uh, learned something interesting on my tour of the Capitol building in the rotunda oh. where all the paintings were. John Vanderlyn, who painted the landing of Columbus, was the first person to depict Santa Claus wearing red, which is often misattributed to Thomas Nast, the cartoonist. But I thought wow. it was Thomas Nast. Yep. So How really about good. that? They brought that up on the tour, and I was like, oh, I need to share this on the podcast. I thought that was pretty cool. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I had a well, we've talked about our preferences for Santa in green versus red. I have a fun yeah. idea for podcasts. We were, all, we were all in agreement on red, right? Yeah. I yeah, think so, of course. Weren't we? Yeah. We were, but didn't we differ on the sleigh? Somebody liked the green sleigh. I don't have as much sticking point with the sleigh as I do with the suit. I don't think so. I think I like the the sleigh. Okay. Maybe I misremembered. I'm over 30 now. I can't remember everything like I used to. Welcome to it. (laughs) Oh, you're fine. (laughs) So Halloween was last week. It was last week. Guys, awesome costumes. Yeah, they were really phenomenal. Especially... Tom's offspring. Man, I'm so proud of her. She was just a rock star. So I was sad. There were no costume contests this year, right? In Tulsa? Ugh. Which is a bummer because um, Ellie's won twice now. And so she couldn't 
like keep her title this time. But what what does she won with? Out of curiosity, uh, Morton Salt Girl. Perfect. I loved that one. And Amelia Earhart. Oh my gosh, that's right. And this year she's Dolly Parton, but she did just sort of. We went to a trunk or treat on Sunday before Halloween, and she just sort of walked into a cakewalk. She didn't know what she was doing. But yeah. they did all these like little prizes, and they had the grand prize, which was this big cake, and uh, she won. Oh my gosh! So we sent it to school, and her her school they had a lot of fun with, with the cake and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, I love a cakewalk. That used to be like my jam when I went to carnivals. I'd go straight for that cakewalk, <laughs> and did I you would ever clean. Win the cakes? Oh heck yeah, I would. I was like magical at that cakewalk. <laughs> I was really good at a cakewalk. (laughs) Your costumes are amazing too. Thanks, Anthony. So was yours. I was so surprised by the insert costume here that you dressed up as. (laughs) No, I still have to get my costume. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sarah, do I want to dress up this year? So I'm only dressing up for work. And I was like, well, what am I going to dress up for work? And then, so I'm friends with, I'm friends with like this, um, sassy black girl who's uh-huh. like she's she's like recently divorced she's younger so she's like always dressing like questionably so so i was like i don't know what i want to be maybe i'll be joker this year batman just something easy she's uh-huh. like i'll be i'll be Catwoman. we can like do like a joint costume and like try to win the office prize together so i'm like yeah that'd be great and then like few weeks passed it's like oh no one's good she's not actually gonna do it and then today she was like i spent 80 dollars on that costume so you better dress up and now i am scrambling to find a joker or batman costume in my size oh. at the halloween stars crap <laughs> <laughs> oh, you better geez. figure out a way are you gonna go well which joker would you go as Whichever, which, whichever, whichever one, one you can find for. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but but she, so oh she gosh. showed me and my other work friend Diana a picture of the costume today, and we were like, "Are you going to be like allowed to wear that to work?" Like, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Which Catwoman is she? Is she Michelle Pfeiffer? No, she's more comic accurate, where the zipper like goes up the front and. Like, oh, Lord. Yeah. Sounds fun. But 80 80 dollars. $80. Now I'm gonna have to like <laughs> track down a costume. I was like, maybe I'll just oh, bypass yeah. it this year. <laughs> but but she kind of scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think you should do next time Sarah's like, oh, I don't know. I just think uh I'm not gonna do a, a costume this year. You should tell her, well, I think I'm gonna go as a divorce attorney. <laughs> So Lay the thread out there, heart. You know from the get go. <laughs> oh my god! Well, okay. So I lo- I looked at the Goodwill store. So I was at the Spirit of Halloween tonight, yeah. and like the Joker costumes were like all like size small. And I was like, yeah. No. But then I saw a long purple overcoat, not related to the Joker costume, and that fit me. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Now I could just go if I could find like purple pants and like a blue or orange shirt or something. Mm-hmm. So I mean you could channel um Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, right? Right. Which you could do early Joker. The most important part's the face. On Reddit there was a thing about, you know, on the, the crappy movie facts or whatever, you know, crappy movie details. So I was watching mm-hmm. 
2016 Suicide Squad when I realized someone made the mistake of and accidentally asked Jared Leto. I like that. That, that I like that detail. I was reading a movie fact on Reddit today about how Joaquin Phoenix is the least amount of time it took for a makeup for any Joker because he couldn't sit still, so they had to get it down in 15 minutes compared to Heath Ledger and Jared Leto and Jack Nicholson, who took a few hours each. Huh, really? Wow. Did you see Joker, Tom? Mm-mm, not yet. So I haven't either, but Hannah and Ethan really want to see it. And I told them that I, one, needed to talk to Marty because it's rated R. They've yet to see an R-rated movie in the theaters. Mm-hmm. If that matters. But um, but I told him I needed to talk to you, too, <laughs> <laughs> since you saw it. And I'm like, but then again, like, I know Anthony's opinions about <laughs> certain elements in movies. So I think I know that he said it, that he would say it would be all right. But There is no nudity. Right. I knew that because I looked at the parent guide on IMDb. There's honestly not a lot of cursing. It's just frightening and intense violent scenes. Which right. are few and far in between. Like, it's a lot more, like, psychological. Right. I mean, hmm. what's the worst movie in your mind they've seen? Well, they saw It at home. I would say It was more violent than that. At least really? more free, frequent violence. This is more realistic violence when it got violent. Right. Is there enough fantasy layered on it because it's the Joker to... There is no layer of fantasy in this movie. Okay. Like, there are some hardcore Batman fans who are like... Who don't like it because it's kind of like... you. They, there's no way you could ever see this guy facing off with Batman because, like, mm-hmm. it was just too real. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So. Okay. But I mean... I mean, you, it depends. Like, Ethan mm-hmm. and Hannah, from what you've said, well, I know about them through you seem mature enough, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad there's not a bunch of sex stuff in it, because that would be a hard note for me. There is zero sex stuff in it. Okay. Well, with Halloween over, you know what that means for some amount of the population. It means we're in Christmas season now. <laughs> right? Didn't we talk about that last year where Halloween is on the 31st and then from the 1st of November to the 25th of November, it's Christmas. And then for November 26th is Thanksgiving. And then for November 27th, all the way through January 1st, it's Christmas again. Yes. Our, our tree's already up. So is mine. Is it really? Or it will are be. We, are we talking years? about in the future? <laughs> okay. I'll just check. For I'm our listeners, record, recording a week in advance is always hard when they're trying to talk about <laughs> what's going on in our <laughs> lives now. <laughs> well, um, we are talking tonight about a Christmas movie that I feel like a lot of people have heard of, especially people our age, <laughs> but I don't feel like a lot of people have actually seen it. I don't know why. You know, I think it's one of those movie posters you see all over the place or, or in history or in old movies or whatever, but then nobody's seen it. Anyway, we're talking about 1989's Christmas movie, Prancer, tonight. Oh, I totally remember this from childhood. Yeah, I remember parts of it. Not as much as I thought that I remembered after watching it. <laughs> 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 what I remember, for, I remember being, I remembered it being really depressing. I didn't remember anything redemptive in it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm curious Sorry, if figure. that changed. We'll do a brief synopsis for those of you that have not watched it. And then histories. And then histories, which I'm excited to hear. So, I am too, as you can probably tell by me jumping right in. <laughs> <laughs> a farm girl nurses a wounded reindeer she believes is one of Santa's, hoping to bring it back to health in time for Christmas. Her holiday spirit inspires those around her, something her disheartened father is having trouble understanding. So it's a Christmas Pollyanna. Pollyanna well, said it Christmas. Well, you take you take out the Christmas element and it is the movie Pollyanna. It is. It really is. So let's do histories before we do credits. Because I'm chomping a little bit. Tom, you're the one that's been most vocal about this one. Like even when we're not recording <laughs> the weeks preceding this rec- us watching it, he was like, just prepare yourselves, guys. It's a little <laughs> depressing. It's kind of a downer. <laughs> and when I watch okay, so I like I said, I remember this movie from being from being a kid. No. I remember this movie from childhood. Uh, I liked it, but I remember it just being kind of sad. And it's yeah i just remembered it being really sad and it is it's slow it's um well i can't get into that because that's not the history because i don't remember how awful the how awful the animation stuff was in it but it was bad um but it was just really slow and had a real downer feel to it i remember as a kid but i didn't dislike it because of that so Mm -hmm. it was really interesting going in and actually watching it as an adult I had started it several weeks ago and didn't finish it. So I still came into it with that. Man, this is depressing. <laughs> but I finished it last night. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll talk about the rest later. How about you, Anthony? So this movie is 30 years old, just like me. It came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks 30 years older, older. I am... <laughs> <laughs> so I remember seeing this movie as a kid. I remember the poster vividly from childhood. Mm-hmm. And it was on a lot of the VHS tapes too. Just that image of Prancer in like his mm-hmm. silhouette in the snow. You mm-hmm. know, the dark blue background or whatever. And I, as a child, remember really liking it. As a child. <laughs> I saw it <laughs> I saw it a few years ago. And when I say a few years ago, it's probably more than a few years ago. I'm one of these people who thinks a few years ago is still like 2000. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I saw it a few years ago in quotes, and man, it was depressing and it was slow. <laughs> so at the end, going into it, I was like, this is one of my four, right? This is one of the four that it is? a lot of, it's one of the four. Okay. How about that? So we've knocked two of them off the list already. Yeah, you have. But I'm not. I'm not done with the history yet. So sorry. Go ahead. So I've only watched it two times prior to my third time, which was yesterday. And while I didn't enjoy it, I liked it better than that second time again. I will say it is far, far from perfect and far from being a good movie. But there are definitely elements that. I really enjoyed. And then relevance elements I really did not like. <laughs> I really did not like. Um, but we'll get into that. So I don't think I saw this in the theaters, but I know I've seen it at least once. I just couldn't tell you when. But I thought I'd seen it more often than I had. 
But when Marty and I sat down and watched this Sunday night together, because I mentioned the last one or two weeks that I would make a point to watch this with Marty because Marty had been vocal about watching it as a kid and really enjoying it. So we watched it Sunday night and I remembered a grand sum of 20 minutes of this movie spread across the entire runtime. So it's really been a very long time since I've seen it. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we're withholding our likes or not likes, then that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> can I, can I ask you real quick before you get into the cast? Yeah. What are some of the things you remembered? Because there are some things I remembered vividly about this movie. I was surprised by how much I remembered them. Uh-huh. And then other things I completely forgot. Like, did you remember the head injury? Because I remembered that vividly when she falls down and hurts herself and like Oh, in front of the cage. Yeah. Yes. I did. I remember that vividly. Yeah. I remembered it being terrifying though. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the suspense leading up to that moment uh-huh. is definitely perceived differently as a kid than it is as an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's funny, Tom, how you mentioned it was slow. This feels like 80s slow. It you does. know, there are 80s movies where you're like, man, there was an 80s pacing. Mm-hmm. And this one has it. So and I don't I'll- know what the deal was with that. <laughs> There are so tons of 80s movies that are pacing like this. So I agree. It was slow. But I'll also say, I don't know if it was just because there was some memory. It was churning up memories. I won't call it nostalgia because I don't really have nostalgia for it. It was more memories of it. Mm-hmm. But I was, I, like, I'll say this most recent watching, I was glued to the screen. I, I, I felt it was long, but I wasn't like, distracting myself with other things like i do with some of the movies we watch no i will absolutely agree with that i was glued as well Mm -hmm. yeah like i i actively watch this one when lots of times i'll just half watch movies right and do something else and multitask i had every opportunity to multitask and i didn't when i was watching this one with marty and he didn't either and jude even sat there and watched the whole second half of the movie like glued to the screen which surprised me yeah for real so, okay. So casting credits. So this movie was directed by John Hancock. Um, not a ton of stuff I've heard of in his list of stuff. When I looked down the list, he's got some episodes of The Twilight Zone, which I thought was interesting given he went on to do Prancer. Um, a few episodes of Hill Street Blues. He's got some horror flicks in here. <laughs> And I've never heard of, but they look kind of like lower budget 80s. Um, <laughs> and then there's Prancer. So I think Prancer is definitely his biggest thing, um, aside from the Twilight Zone episodes. I feel like those were those are a big deal now, but I feel like they're a big deal then, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's John Hancock. And that takes us into our cast. There's some high moments in this cast for me. I'm going to start with them. Sam Elliott plays 100%. the father in this movie. John Riggs. My least favorite character in this movie. Oh, man. Do you like Sam Elliott in general? I love Sam Elliott in general. Okay. But it's, it's funny, and we'll get into this later on, but I felt about this father what you felt about the father in A Christmas Story. I can see that. 
That was one of Marty's comments. Oh, I remember him being so mean, he said. He over was and over. so mean. I remember mm-hmm. him being so mean. So Sam Elliott, um, he's got just a crap ton of credits to his name. Uh, he goes as far back as night in the late 60s. Um, in the early 70s, you would have seen him in the Mission Impossible TV series. He was on Mannix for a run. Um, Hawaii Five O. November Christmas. What is that? A made-for-TV movie he did in 2010. Oh, I'm not even to 2010. Still in the 80s. I just want to throw out there. Parks and Rec as Ron Swanson. Yeah, I I probably know him most mostly, or no, I know him initially from Roadhouse. His Roadhouse is one of Marty's favorite movies, and he, he was just so Sam Elliott in that movie. Um. I mean, the guy has like literally the best voice I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) I'm serious. He could read anything to me and that would be great. And I would just, he needs to read the Bible. He needs to be on a Bible audio book. Man, I'm just looking at everything he was in. More recently, he was in, people would have seen him in in A Star is Born. That's had a lot of hype. He was also in the original one, wasn't he? Was he? Was he? He was in The Big Lebowski, (laughs) We Were Soldiers. Mm-hmm. American Dad looks like an episode of that. He played himself, if I'm if I remember <laughs> right. He played himself. He played Big John Tanner. Oh, was he himself in Family Guy then? Yes, yes he, he was. Sam Elliott. Okay, I knew it was one of them. Okay. Yes, he was. He was also in Tombstone. <laughs> Just he plays. Yes. Um, my favorite though is when his Parks and Rec by far. <laughs> <laughs> Just how he, with a straight face, can troll so hard it was it was surprising but very Mm -hmm. in a very good way absolutely so he plays our dad the dad in this story is struggling because his wife has passed away he's strapped with taking care of the farm as well as two young kids so he plays a not very happy slash nice character in this one which is different from most of his roles usually he plays you know the good Tough, guy. Lovable. That's right. Absolutely. Which is why I love him so much. <laughs> um, Did you like his in this, character in this? I, by the end of the movie, I could really appreciate his character in this. But when he's really angry, um, it's hard to watch. But that made the even, redemption at the end better to me. Even before he was angry, when he was... Um, just very disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Also in this movie, a Hollywood great Cloris Leachman. She plays the super weird, <laughs> really terrible makeup choice Miss McFarland. Um, Cloris Leachman has also been in just a ton of stuff. You probably know her from Young Frankenstein. Um, she's, well, I guess scroll to the bottom of this. She's Mrs. Long. Garrett's lesser awful replacement on the facts of life oh really yeah after mrs garrett left in the later years and they're opening a coffee shop she's a replacement house mother the awful years i never watched the facts of life she was in the george clooney years oh my gosh um so her credits go way back you would have seen her on the donna reed show alfred hitchcock presents looks like a few episodes of those she pulled double duty in Double Double Toil and Trouble as the <laughs> witch. 
and her oh. good sister. She plays a good witch. Also oh, in bitch Cassidy. <laughs> She's terrifying. So, just to show my interest, I'm gonna she was Mama in Raising Hope. Oh, she was. That <laughs> she show was, was so funny. That show was funny. She She's also little... she also plays a mom in um, one of my favorite movies of all time, Spanglish. She plays um Taya Leone's character's mother. Drunk, boozy mother. She was, she was Queen indeed. Hippolyta in the Wonder Woman TV series. <laughs> she was most recently, she was not most recently, but she was in the American Gods adaptation on Stars. Oh my gosh, was she ever? Yes, she really? was. Really? Yes. Who'd she, she play? played? Zoya. Oh man. The, e- the Evening Star. Yep, she was so good. She was good. That show is so good. I love that book, though. The book is so much better than the show. They usually are. I don't understand why we had to develop Dead Wife so much. Had out the TV show. I know. I just didn't like it. She was in A Very Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, <laughs> in 2010. So, Prancer is not her only Christmas movie. She was in The Office. She was? She was in that awful movie Andy was watching with Jack Black where he was making oh out with the grandmother. <laughs> oh, my oh. gosh. I didn't even think about that. I didn't know that was her. That's funny. That was her. So are we Cloris Leachman fans in general, or is she just kind of... She's hmm, amazing. There when she's there. I like her. I'm not, like, a huge fan of her. There was some confusion to me on her backstory in this movie. Yes. Which we'll talk about when we get to that point. But I have questions. I'm thinking maybe I just missed something, but maybe I did not miss anything. So we'll <laughs> You did talk not about miss that. anything. It just did not make sense. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, also in a teeny tiny little kind of sweet part in this movie, we have Abe Vigoda, also a, a legend in Hollywood. Um, you'd know him primarily from the Godfather series. Um the name to me was more familiar than his face, which was kind of funny, and I don't know why. But um, but he's also been in some other Christmas things that we may cover down the line as well. Uh, he also did a voice of a mobster in Batman. Yeah, that's what Mask I was going to say. Phantasm. Yeah, and that's your favorite animated Batman, right? Batman the animated series. Yes. Batman the animated series. All right, and then playing our main character, sweet little Pollyanna, I mean, Jessica Riggs, is Rebecca Harrell Tickle. Um, wanted to just call her name out because she is the main character of this movie. Um, not a whole lot I recognize after Prancer, although she does continue to have some roles. It looks like she has something as recent as 2013. So I feel like she's a, Gre- she's a Greta Thunberg lookalike. She's directing now. Oh, is that her? And a little bit of trivia for you. This was uh, when she went and read for Prancer. It was her very first audition. Well, knocked it out of the park. So I want to just read something Roger Ebert, yes, wrote about her because he wrote something nice about her that I agree with. He wrote, and what really redeems the movie 
is a performance by a young actress named Rebecca Harrell as Jessica. She's something. She has a troublemaker's look in her eye and a round pixie face that's filled with mischief, and she's smart. A plucky schemer figures out things for herself and isn't afraid to act on her convictions. And I'd agree with that. She does have that. She looks very good. She was my favorite part of that, the movie. Yes, I would agree with that. She seems to carry it pretty well. She, I mean, she can do this character really well. She does not look good. She's not convincing when she falls out of a tree. (laughs) (laughs) So what we have is Pollyanna set at Christmas time with a reindeer involved. Um, Jessica, right? So Jessica is a precocious girl. Um, I like how we open the movie with her singing incredibly loudly in class. And off key mm-hmm. a fair bit. Um, Christmas songs. She's she has a really great disposition, especially considering the the environment that she's in, with her mom having passed away, and she has this rougher life on the farm, a father that's highly demanding and not very loving. And looming is that her dad has decided he really can't take care of her anymore. Neither really can he take care of his son, but his son is old enough to sort of take care of himself. And his son is also a a work hand on the farm. So he kind of needs him. So the dad is deciding to send her away 30 miles to live with her aunt, Aunt Sarah, who I was expecting to be a bit of a crone, but is actually quite a sweet woman. She was an awesome character. Mm -hmm. Yes. She was. Um, So Um, one person we forgot to mention, I just want to throw this in there just because we've had him on, we've talked about him before. Sorry, Johnny Galecki's in this. He yes, is in he this. Is. Little baby so. Johnny Galecki is in this. <laughs> yep. So before we move too far from the beginning, I wanted to say that opening scene of her singing loudly, the Christmas carols rehearsing, I guess, or whatever mm-hmm. in school. A, that put me in the Christmas mood. And B, did that not bring back memories from you, like church <laughs> choirs and stuff when you were a kid? Like all the little kids' choirs, like for the oh, yeah. and stuff. Like, Absolutely. Totally, I had a huge smile on my face watching that scene. And later on at the church when she's just singing loudly, like staring at her friend. I loved it. (laughs) I did too. It's just who she is. She owns Um, it. She does own it. So so she's walking home from school with her friend who's played by Ariana Richards, by the way, who I was familiar with this little girl character, um, Carol Weatherby from, I think she was in Troop Beverly Hills. Uh, she was also in Jurassic Park. She's the girl from That's Jurassic Park. That's what I was going to say. Yep. That's yep. what I was thinking. Not the True Beverly Hills. Yeah, so crunchy 1980s bang Carol Weatherly or Weatherby in this <laughs> in this movie is the girl from Jurassic Park. So they're walking home and the little they live in a smaller town and the town is putting its Christmas decorations up and one of the Christmas decorations happens to be Santa's sleigh with all of the reindeer stretched across the road. And as they're walking down the street, one of the reindeer falls off. Um, Jessica being obsessed with Christmas like she is, absolutely obsessed with Christmas. And you can tell that her mom had put that in her from a very young age, um, is horrified because <laughs> it's it's the prancer that falls and breaks. And she's really distraught by it. And that kind of sets the tone of what's coming. <laughs> she ends up... <laughs> finding a reindeer randomly when her and her dad are fighting, driving down the road, he almost hits this reindeer and she realizes, Oh my gosh, that's Prancer. And of course he thinks she's crazy. (laughs) It's just a reindeer. Um, But 
that sets uh, the precedent for the rest of the movie. So I just want to jump into a little bit of trivia that it was supposed to be more ambiguous as to whether or not it was actually Prancer. Like in the end, we see him fly away. But right. direct, director John Hancock insists that Prancer's fate, either rejoining Santa or leaping off the cliff, should have been left open to interpretation, but the studio wanted the definitive answer. But he claims that the shot of Prancer rejoining Santa is all in Jessica's mind. So in this horrifying vision of this director, Prancer left off the cliff to his death at the end. Yeah, wow. I read that before I finished watching the movie. And I'll tell you what, knowing that little tidbit of information really does something to the ending of the movie for you. Oh, I bet. So, <laughs> like, I bet. seriously? I think maybe that's part of the reason I thought it was depressing because I hadn't <laughs> remembered that. I thought he kind of died. I thought he died. After watching <laughs> it as an adult? No, that's how I remember When you that. were a kid? That's how I remember it now. Or remembered it before really? watching it again. That's why I kept saying it's depressing, guys. It's depressing. Interesting. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you don't believe in Christmas magic, then <laughs> that is the only other conclusion. But guys, he definitively lived because there's a sequel to this movie called Prince there is Returns. Prince Returns. Absolutely. <laughs> it looked terrible too. I'm telling you, <laughs> next year next year we do bad sequel month and do all the crappy straight to dvd sequels for all home alone six home alone six national lampoons eddie's island vacation etc i'm not doing that one y'all not gonna happen (laughs) it is bad that is looks awful it looks unbelievably (laughs) terrible i'm not not gonna do it wouldn't be prudent (laughs) (laughs) so jessica (laughs) don't you miss the days where that was like the biggest joke you could have about a politician or something like that. <laughs> so I was taking Hannah and Ethan to school this morning and we like to listen to um, the edge on the way to school because Hannah really likes alternative. And so they do these morning facts in just a few minutes or just a few seconds kind of thing. And one of the facts they had this morning was um, when George Bush was in office, somebody had asked him what his favorite kids book was growing up. And he said, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Well, it turns out The Very Hungry Caterpillar wasn't published until he was 23 years old. (laughs) (laughs) It just really made my day. (laughs) Can I just say? (laughs) That just makes my whole day. (laughs) Right? It made my day too. (laughs) I told Hannah, I'm like, oh, good old GW. <laughs> my favorite movie, my favorite Christmas movie as a kid was The Grinch that came out last year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we come to a point where Jessica ends up <laughs> getting Prancer yourself, and it takes it upon herself to take care of Prancer. Um he seems, he seems hungry and he can't just wander around. So she brings him into her barn at home without telling anybody in her family and starts to kind of nurse him back to health. Um, well, this, this takes money. <laughs> and so, and her brother finds out and her brother's a bit of a jerk face. And so basically her brother's like, dad's noticed that some hay is missing. So you need to figure something out. 
So she, this is what brings Cloris Leachman into our story, Miss McFarland. So Miss McFarland is this quasi-terrifying older lady that lives in what looks like a haunted house. Um, it's all gated off. trouble with Jessica because she slid through her flowers at the beginning. Her burlap flowers <laughs> that never die. I mean, it's like there's some serious like creepo vibes with this 100%, 100%. woman. 100%. 100%. And so, yeah. So but this lady's got alert. issue with kids. Spoiler alert, because this is so incredibly unique and original. She ends up coming around and liking Jessica at the end. She does. And that's because Jessica goes up to her to try and make some extra banks so she can buy some hay for Prancer. And she tells her she'll clean any room in her house for five bucks. So she starts to clean the attic and it's like hoarder extraordinaire. But you can see Cloris Leachman's character start to warm to this child as she's cleaning. She brings her milk and cookies and it's never explained, right? Is it ever explained, one, why she gets ruffled when Jessica decorates the attic with Christmas lights? I assume she, I assume it was never, it was never explained, but I assume she went through a similar thing that Jessica did. Somebody she loved, whether her husband or a kid who loved Christmas died, and so she packed it all away. And that was the assumption the I, I made, but That's it was the sense never I got explained. No, no. Something from her Never. Past. Yep. Not even in an aside from some other adult like you would expect, right? right? Like, oh, that was so nice of you to do that, Jessica. She's had a hard time since her daughter died. Like, you kind of, you know it I was mean? almost like they were missing a scene where, like, in a, like in a better written movie. Where, like, she'd get annoyed, she'd put the Christmas lights up, and it would take a few scenes before she apologized. So when the girl goes home and is upset, right? one of the adults explains to her, oh, well, you know, because of blah, blah, blah happened. Yeah. Like, you can't bring that up. She can't deal with that. And then, uh, you know, later on, they apologize to each other. Right. Yeah. That's what I was expecting, and I thought maybe I'd missed it. But good to no, know I didn't miss happened. anything and it's never <laughs> explained and it's completely left up to the watcher's mind to fill those gaps in. All right, cool. So Jessica ends up kind of inspiring this Christmas spirit in Miss McFarland's life again. She helps her decorate the house and you notice at the end of the movie, the house is even more decorated than what Jessica did that first night. So you can tell that Miss McFarland just continues to blossom throughout the rest of the movie and open back up to community. She shows up at church at the end, which is a definitely a big deal. Um, but well, apparently she's never been around people or anything because at church she's just awkward beyond measure and has no idea what to do. Like she's apparently right. never been around another human being in her life. Yes, very awkward. Absolutely. Um, Christine so- just said, are you talking about me? that's funny um so that's how jessica affects miss mcfarland's life she also um she just has kind of this infectious spirit right and you can see that she ends up she has an effect on she has an impact on abe vagoda's character's life he's the town veterinarian that initially looks at prancer and kind of gets him checked out and gives her, you know, what to do to make him feel better. Um, he warms a bit towards her. Um, and I really liked that. I, I, but I mean, shockingly enough, I like a Pollyanna story, right? We're all completely shocked here on the podcast that 
<gasps> I like Pollyanna stories. Um, Could it be so because I was, you're a Pollyanna? Uh, yeah, potentially. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I loved Pollyanna as a kid. It was one of my favorite movies. Um, so Jessica is this Pollyanna character. She's doing everything she can do for Prancer. Her brother finds out about it. Um, other kids in town find out about it because she takes a letter to Santa one night and she's basically like a uh, department store Santa. And she tells him, she's like, I know you're not the real Santa, but I know you know how to get in touch with the real Santa. And I am short on time. You got to let Santa know I got Prancer. Like we've got some real stuff we got to get done here. So she gives him a letter. The letter says, my name's Jessica. I have Prancer. I've been taking care of him. I'll meet you up at the top of this mountain to get him back to you because you need Prancer. And so this the Santa takes the Christmas Eve. That's right. He wants to make sure he gets him with enough time so Prancer can make the journey with him. That's right. And can I say I love that trope? Because we see it in a lot of Christmas movies where kids know the Santa at the mall isn't the real Santa, but they always right. assume somehow mm-hmm. they really know the real Santa. I like that. Assume trope. correctly. There is a network of department store Santas that report to the big guy. And so absolutely. Not if you see uh, not if you saw what's that movie? Rare Exports. <laughs> very, very different network of Santas in that movie. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> that exists in a different <laughs> in a different multiverse than the one we inhabit. So our mall Santa ends up giving the letter to somebody at the local newspaper, kind of as a, look at this. This is pretty cool. Newspaper guy reads it, ends up writing an article about it that runs on like the second section of the newspaper. Not front page news, but it's one of the human interest stories. And it's basically, yes, Santa, there are still Virginias. So it's a turn on the, you know. Yes, Virginia still. Yes, Virginia, there's a Santa. Yep, there's a turn. Which is her favorite story, by the way, we should mention. Yep. That's right. So they run this in the paper, and the entire community is inspired by this girl. And she has no idea it's running in the paper, by the way. The entire community is inspired by this kind heart of this girl and how she believes and how passionate she is about that stuff. And it ends up striking up Christmas spirit in the whole community. And her dad reads the article while she's in church. He's not, (laughs) which I found interesting. Um, He reads the article at the same time. We've got some slapsticky Prancer gets out. Right. This is my favorite scene in the movie, by the way. Right. Prancer busts out of the barn at the same time. He's reading the article. He sees Prancer. Prancer gets in the house, makes a big mess. Sam Elliott is like losing it. And people start to pull up at the barn while all of this is happening because they've read the article and they want to come meet Prancer. And this does not put him in a good place. This does not make Mr. John Riggs very happy. So he ends up selling. No, no, no. He doesn't end up. He ends up getting a gun. He does get a gun and aims it in the general direction of Prancer, which is also where there's an entire group of kids and parents and humans. That's right. So so I find it interesting, Julia, that you liked the dad in this, but not a Christmas story. And and it's interesting to me in advance that I, in reverse, that I didn't like the dad in this, but I liked him in a Christmas story because I do feel... In some ways, they're very similar. They're both tough guys who don't get their redemption till the end. 
Right. So I, the redemption was realer for me in this one than it was in the Christmas story, but it might have something to do with Sam Elliott alone. I'm not sure, but I also felt more for this character. He lost mm-hmm. his wife. You could definitely tell the wife was the person that raised the kids. She was the emotional, loving, caring, you know, what you think of with like the perfect mom situation. And then he's left having to deal with the loss of his wife and having to step into a role he is wholly unprepared for. And I didn't yep. feel that same emotional connection to Christmas Story Dad. I, See, yeah, I, I felt, did not feel that way for him. I felt he was really trying and just did not know what he was at a loss. His wife was gone. Yeah. He was a sudden widower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't feel it. I just felt <laughs> he was overly mean and distant from the children. I thought the old man in a Christmas story was the better dad. I'm interested what our listeners think too. Because well, yeah, I they're mean, not. They're not dissimilar. Different. No, they're mm-hmm. really not. I. Mm. What did Marty think? Oh, I mean, Marty was the first one that said, "I remember him being so mean." But Marty is also absolutely in love with Sam Elliott. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we got some like hardcore bromance going on with Sam Elliott. Every time we see him, we're like, "Oh, that is interesting." Though I- I'd like to hear what listeners think about their two different versions of a bad father. <laughs> Like, what's more egregious? I don't know. I have a bigger place in my heart for this one. But so John Riggs sells Prancer for 200 bucks to the local Christmas tree farm guy. And basically the Christmas tree farm guy puts a pen up in the middle of the Christmas tree farm and uses it as a draw to get people in and spend more money, which brilliant, by the way, because I would absolutely go to the Christmas tree farm with a reindeer. Tommy yeah, been we get to a that. Christmas tree farm with a reindeer. No, so, it was just a reindeer farm. Oh, it was just a reindeer farm. That's even better. Yeah. And <laughs> then we get that awful scene of Prancer in the cage, which... Yes. Ugh, I re- that's what I remembered from being a child. I yes. remember that scene, too. Oh, the yeah, kids he's... banging on the bars, throwing yeah. snow at him. It was awful. Yes. And so Jessica is also torn up by this idea, right? Not just that, but that if he's in a pen, he's not going to get out and meet Santa. And that's a problem. problem. So her and her brother, well, she packs a bag and she's leaving because her dad, again, has lost his crap and basically said, you're definitely moving in with your aunt. And so she decides she's done and she's going to run away. But in the process of running away, she's also going to free Prancer and take him up the mountain because she said she would. So her brother starts to help her. And there's a little reconciliation between the two of them because he realizes she's serious about running away and he doesn't want her to because he loves her. I mean, they're siblings, but you can tell there's a bigger meaning for him at that moment. So he ends up helping yep. her. Um, she, the In the process of trying to free Prancer, she gets the top off the cage. She doesn't understand why he's not flying out. A cop comes up, so she has to hide up in a tree and when the cop leaves, she falls out of the tree and Hits bangs her head. her head. Prancer actually, it's, a, I like the scene, frankly, but Prancer gets out of his cage of his own volition by kicking the door down and basically like sits near her. So there's affection between the two of them. There's a, you know, sweet yep. relationship that's been built over the movie. And so next scene, she's in bed at home. You hear her dad talking on the phone about how she's home from the hospital and he's, he thinks she's getting better. Um, but she's up in bed. She looks terrible. 
by the way. Like, she looks really. like she is on death's door lying yes. in that bed. And I remember that from childhood too. Yes. Yeah, so I think my memories from childhood of that moment made me think she had cancer or something. Because I went into this I movie thinking that. like, she's terminally ill, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but she, and she, just, she just hit her head. But her belief is also knocked back quite a bit because Prancer wouldn't fly out and and she's got all these feelings so she's down she's got a real low moment and what ends up happening just like in Pollyanna was the townspeople come to her house they're celebrating her and they're celebrating Christmas and they're celebrating Prancer and she hears him singing and her dad comes up and here's our Linus moment the dad talks to her like actually for the first time in the whole movie talks to her not at her and basically says just that, that you're so much like your mom and I know I'm failing in the ways that she succeeded and I'm going to do better and you're not moving away because when you were in the hospital, I got a glimpse of what it would be like without you and any life without you is not a life worth living. And that and, right there is why I see this dad differently than the other dad, just that yeah, he makes himself so incredibly vulnerable because he loves his daughter, and that and that right there is why I see the other dad better because he didn't need that moment because he was a better father throughout, distant but never as mean to the children. Oh, you're just looking on a scale of how mean, I'm not, not of how much that, have they been I'm, redeemed. I'm just I'm just not looking at that scale. He this father needed more redemption though, if we're mm-hmm. looking at it from that scale, because he was more mean throughout. Mm-hmm. We can all agree, Linus moment, check. Yes, absolutely, yes. check. 100%. Yeah. Totally a Linus moment. Um, her dad scoops her up because she's still slightly concerned about the fact that Prancer's not going to make it up the mountain. They decide to take Prancer up the mountain. He's purchased Prancer back from the Christmas tree farm guy. They take him up the mountain. Um, they release him. You see him run down. And I remember this scene as well. This is one that sticks in my brain with all of the parallel trees and he's running down the middle of them and he gets to the end and he disappears. And as Anthony has ruined that moment for us by reading that director's note, (laughs) she, she follows after and so does her dad. And she makes the comment, where did he go? And her dad's like, well, I I think he flew off. And she's she teeter totters between the two beliefs, right? And like if he get... got to the end of the cliff and he disappeared, what exactly happened here? <laughs> and she's struggling with it as well. And I feel like it's a conscious effort. She makes the conscious, she makes a decision to believe he's rejoined the sleigh, and that's why you see that animation that the director the said awful is, is animation. in him. It's very eighties. Uh, it's animation. very, very. The only 80s. thing worse than that animation was when she fell. <laughs> yeah. Her fall was absolutely awful. <laughs> I loved the cop though. Yeah. I liked the cop. Yeah, because he goes up there to check on Prancer, which I thought was funny. Uh, and then he wasn't going up there. He just wanted to see the reindeer. It was well, yeah, but he like moons over him. It was, it's so cute. It was so cute. <laughs> and then he uh, spills a beat, the surprise at the end to the to the fop, Sam Elliott. Don't they're all coming me. to the house. <laughs> Don't hit me in front of people. I outrank you. <laughs> <laughs> then that's and that's Prancer. 
Um, so what are your, I know, Anthony, you said this is one of the ones you don't like. Yes. And is it primarily because of the dad? It is. Well, it's not just a dad, although he is definitely part of it. It's the pacing. I find, I do find it a very depressing movie. I know it ends on a high. I do find it like it doesn't have that cheeriness that a lot of good Christmas movies have throughout that mm-hmm. I prefer like National Lampoon or Elf or the mm-hmm. Santa Claus. And that's fine. Not all Christmas movies have to be the same, I, I, you know, but I don't know. I just felt like, like you take the Santa Claus, which is another one where Charlie was struggling with belief. Right. I feel there's a more Christmassy way to, that's a more Christmassy way to do it in my mind mm-hmm. than the way, I don't know. I don't know. This was just a downer for me. That's why I don't like it. There are definitely yeah. points I do like. I love the church scene. I love the beginning. There are points it feels Christmassy to me. But mm-hmm. I like um, any scene where Jessica's singing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, those are all great. I liked her as a character and I like Cute seeing kid. a growth in the community. I mean, again, I like the Pollyanna story. So I don't hate this movie. Um, I'm not going to bust it out every Christmas. It is not rich in Christmas atmosphere either. Um, and what it does have no. feels very 80s, which is not, it's not a happy color time. No. You know, when we think about beautiful movies, this is, there aren't many movies in the 80s that were considered artistically and, beautiful. And frankly, I would rather see uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus die at the beginning of Santa Claus the movie than watch Prancer mm. jump off this cliff. I feel I feel like this is more sad to me. <laughs> this is more sad. It has a very yeah, it has a very big air of sadness to it. Mm. So Julie, I want to go back to something you said. You said it to me this didn't even feel like 80s dark, 80s like color sad. Yeah. It felt really more like late 70s, honestly. It did feel like that. I was surprised when 89. it said 89. Uh I was expecting know- like 84 or something. You That's know what, what it felt I like it to me? It felt like one magic Christmas atmosphere, color yeah, tone, and look. Agreed. It did feel Agreed. like that. Yeah. It also had a very made-for-TV Like feel. It felt like that could have been the same universe. Yeah, absolutely. Could have been the same universe, for sure. It did feel... Um, made for what TV. What did you just say, Tom? Made for TV. Yeah, it felt yes, made for TV. That is perfect description. Yeah. It made, felt made for TV. So, Anthony, do you think you'd be more forgiving of it had it been an 80s made-for-TV movie? I think I would be, actually. Okay. That's, that's a good fair. question. Uh, I, because, like, it's like, I, it's like, I think that's part of the reason why, like, miss, like when we talk about Hallmark, Mrs. Santa Claus is a pinnacle for me because it did mm-hmm. something different than all the other Hallmark movies, even though I had the cheap budget and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. this would be different than a lot of these crappy made-for-TV Christmas movies, and I could have more overlooked the feel and the cheapness of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah that's fair any favorite quotes or scenes i think mm. we hit all my favorite scenes already but and the movie's not very quotable not very. i'll re- i'll reiterate my favorite scene is sam elliott reading the paper and prancer getting out and letting the animals out <laughs> But before that even really happens, all- when when he sees every time Prancer comes into frame and he drops the paper and Prancer's gone from frame and yeah, 
<laughs> I think that was absolutely necessary. We needed that lighthearted moment, right? Yes. Absolutely. All right, then shall we rank this? Is it a Christmas movie? Yes. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie set at Christmas. It is. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll say, I'll say this. While this is one of my four movies, so congrats to everyone who guessed it. I think Tom guessed it, right? Yep. I don't know if you did, Julia, and I know some other people guessed it in the Facebook group. Yeah, I don't remember. But I'll I'll say while I would still consider it one of the four movies, I did like it better this time than the last time I saw it. Like I said, it held my attention. I'll give it that. Definitely yep. won't, like, I won't bust out every year, but if it was on, I could yeah. see myself leaving it on. All right. It's not terrible. I would definitely leave it on. I would too. Unless the Muppets Christmas Carol was on and then I'm done with it. <laughs> All right. Ranking. I'm going to come in and give this a 4.5. Okay, I'm going to come in at 5.95. And now it's on me again. And now it's And on Anthony me. comes in at a solid nine. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. While we're doing this, Christine looked over at me and she goes, for a prancer? I said, Anthony gave that nine. She was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So apparently, Christine thinks higher, highly, more highly of you than that, Anthony. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, I gotta do. So I gotta scroll through my list. Can I talk this out? And I'm gonna go walk. I'm gonna go take a couple laps around the island and walk <laughs> while we wait. Let's see. Uh, I liked Christmas Chronicles more. That was a 4.6. I was thinking 4.5, like Julia gave it. But I don't like it as much as While You Were Sleeping. But that wasn't a Christmas movie, so I can't compare that that way. I don't, I would choose to watch Black Christmas again over this one. Really? Uh... I like it better than Family Man. So that would, yep, has to be four You point- like this better than Family Man? Mm-hmm. Wow. So this would have to be, uh, that That leaves it only one logical place. I gave Family Man a 4.3, Black Christmas, and While You're Sleeping a 4.5. So this, for me, would have to be a 4.4, which puts it in at 4.95, which places it, at 29 on our list, it's a tie. It's tied with Christmas Every Day and falls between Love the Coopers and Office Christmas Party and A Christmas Story. How so it's funny, it, it's funny it lands right next to A Christmas Story on the list, too, considering I found the dads very similar. So that is interesting. That is very interesting. I thought I was gonna have more time. Anthony, it takes longer, so I made a snack. Man, what the heck is up with the Astros tonight? Can I just... What is that? Graham cracker, peanut butter, and cool and uh, ready whip. Uh, nice. what, what's up with the Astros tonight? I'll tell you why. It's all Anthony. 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 This I'll is tell a, this you. Is something, this is a door you do not want to open. I promise you. I will come to New York and I will. No, 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 no. It's not. I've been I, an Astros fan since I could walk. 
Same. I will. I will tell you what is up with the Astros tonight, and that's that I have every, my blood pressure. Every world. <laughs> And I'll tell you what's up with them. Every World Series stretches out to seven games for the freaking money. I knew it was going to go this way. I'm cynical that way. There was no way one team was going to sweep the four before the seventh game. So this played out exactly as I knew it. Three to three. So the big seventh game tomorrow. Come, okay. let's be real. Every freaking World Series. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> for, you were all come at me, bro. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. Sorry for threatening to, to. Sorry for threatening to get on a plane, fly across yeah, the country yeah. to cut you with the knife. <laughs> Anthony's not so bad, is he? I was commenting on the game. Did not, not ever. I whoa, whoa, whoa! I never made that comment. You're putting words into my mouth. <laughs> you have food all. What's your it beer, from? You're putting words in my mouth. You should be putting. That's from a show. You should be putting burgers in my mouth or something like that. Let's look. It's Michael Scott that said it. It sounds very Michael Scottish. Doesn't it? Scottish. I like that. Scottish. (laughs) 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 Okay. Oh, it's Joey. Joey said it. Wow. I never realized how close uh, (laughs) those two quotes from those two could be so similar. Right? You're putting words in people. You should be putting turkey in people's mouths. That's what he says. He says it to Monica. Yes. He says it to Monica when Monica's trying to say, I don't want to cook 15 different types of potatoes, right? And then they're all locked out at the end. That's right. That's that's what I was – that's it. Okay. Ooh, that would have bothered me. So I have a question for you guys. Have you guys been watching the Hallmark Christmas movie marathon started already? I don't get some of the Hallmark channels, but the one this that is I the do main get... Hallmark channel. Okay, when did they start the all day? Because they've been doing it on the, the weekends. They started it this past weekend. Okay, well then, no, I haven't. But yes, I'm excited to. I watched some over the weekend. I thought it's it was just, just the weekend. It's just good atmosphere. Yeah, the the other Hallmark channels been doing it for a while, but I don't get that one either. Okay. Yes, we did. It was delightful over the weekend. We caught a few snippets from a few different ones. And <laughs> you never care if you don't get the whole one because you can totally fill it in. <laughs> you can fill it in within five minutes of seeing <laughs> the That's opening. Right. Yep. yep. And a few times we were saying, oh, I think I've seen this one. I remember that guy and that girl. And I think this is realize, the one where. <laughs> but then you realize they're different, playing different characters. It's a totally different one. <laughs> At this time, he's from the country and she's from the city instead of vice versa. That's right. That's right. That's hilarious. It is delightful, though. It feels real. Um, Now that Halloween's over, I can take all of the Halloween decorations down and start to to get my house ready. Get my house in order. Did you finish your Thanksgiving menu? You said you were still working on that fourth course. I still can't think of what the fourth thing is. Green bean casserole? Maybe that's do have, it. Do you have green bean casserole on the list yet? Well, this is our, our Snoopy our Snoopy Thanksgiving. I don't care what Thanksgiving it is. Is there green bean casserole on the list? Gotta have green bean casserole. There will be green bean casserole. Okay. So we got some comments about Prancer that we should probably read. Yeah. 
So Outrush Outdoors on Reddit wrote, I was eight when this came out, and I had such fond memories of it. It was part of my childhood, and I had strong nostalgia for it. I found a copy of my parents last year and decided to show it to my kids. I was shocked at how awful this movie was. I hated most of the adults throughout the film, and it hasn't aged well overall. It honestly felt like it was a completely different movie than what I remember. My older kids, 10 and 12, didn't care for it, but my six-year-old enjoyed it. He won't be joining our Christmas canon. Gary Blauman wrote, I loved this movie as a child, and some scenes were filmed near where I grew up. I watched it again within the last few years. It couldn't get over how terrible it was. It was strikingly different from what I remember. (laughs) And then President Hot Dog wrote, I ran into this movie again in July after my baby was born, and the scenes of Sam Elliott reading Yes, Virginia had me ugly crying like nobody's business. Oh, I teared up. I just tear from that poem in general. I love that poem. Yeah. Not the yeah. poem. I love that article. I know what you yeah. meant. Art Kilmer wrote, I remember seeing it once a long time ago. I remember liking it, and I think I may have tried not to cry at the ending. Well, it's hard not to cry when the reindeer jumps off the cliff. But I also have never watched it again. I'm looking forward to revisiting this. Art, if you revisit it, we'd love to hear what you think. Where can Art let us know what he thinks of Prancer? Well, we have a few places. Art, you can go to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook slash Reddit slash Twitter slash Instagram or slash Patreon. And we've got a conversation going in all those places. Plus uh, our new Facebook group, which we need to make a link to. I'll make a link to that. So I'll go ahead and say it right now. You can go to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook group. And invite all your friends to the Facebook group. Anyone who likes Christmas. That's so fun, by the way. I'm loving our Facebook group. I am too. I love how active it is. I really do. Yeah. I find it interesting how many more females we have on there than we did anywhere else. So I will say about our Facebook group, I like that uh, the listeners seem to be in agreement that John Legend and Kelly Clarkson should not redo a more woke version of Baby It's Cold Outside, which Tom trolled me about on my actual Facebook page, (laughs) for those of you who are not friends with me on Facebook. So for, for those of you who aren't on our Facebook group page, I shared an article that showed John Legend and Kelly Clarkson are redoing Baby It's Cold Outside, but with more... For the, they described it as for the Me Too era, more woke, basically where the woman isn't pressured into staying the night with the male singer. And uh, everyone was against it on our Facebook group page. But I was so outraged by this, I also shared it on my personal page. And Tom I'm had to troll sorry. me on my personal page and wrote, we get it, Anthony. You just like rapey <laughs> songs. <laughs> no. You like, is that what I wrote? I thought I wrote something else. Hold on. He used the word rapey. He definitely used the word rapey. We get it, Anthony. You like your Christmas songs extra rapey. That's right. That's what you said. I am sorry. There is like the, say what's in this drink, like that sort of stuff. No, I, I, I am, I am going to read a comment from our Facebook group that perfectly, perfectly sums up my frustration with you, Tom. And all people who think the song is rapey. Because I never took it that way. Jeff Houston 
wrote, the song is actually about the woman playfully giving consent. An obvious fact completely lost on people who get so irate at the first half of the song, they don't listen to the second half. Jeff, I completely agree. Growing up, I disagree. and still, they're clearly flirting. No, the Rohibnol's kicking in by the second half. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's not that she's giving consent it's that the rohypnol has just kicked in i will agree with todd killian though who said uh this yep. debate has become as bad as is die hard or christmas movie <laughs> which it really has at this point especially when the answer is die hard's a christmas movie and baby is cold <laughs> outside is a flirtatious song anyway Weigh in if you haven't already <laughs> on any of the social media sites that Tom just mentioned and let us know. Is Baby It's Cold Outside a flirtatious love song between two consensual lovers or not? <laughs> I forget where Julia falls on this. I know you don't like the song. I do like the song. Oh, you do like the song. Yeah, it's really catchy. It? It's super, super catchy to me. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I'm more in line with you. Anthony than Tom. Though we did Thank talk you. about how it's not aged well. It has not aged well. It was a product yeah, within, of its time for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it, I've always just considered it playful flirting. Yeah, I think it's but, two people that but, know each other. And Hey, my mother-in-law commented on our Instagram page about Prancer. Oh, what did your mother-in-law write? She said, best movie ever. My fifth graders watched it every Christmas, which is probably where Marty saw it when he was a fifth grader and had his mom in class. <laughs> they, let him, they let his mom be his teacher? Yes, they did. She pulled wow. strings to get all of her boys, except for one that she knew that would be a terrible idea. And she wanted a break from him for eight hours a day. <laughs> That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Julia, besides social media, is there anywhere our listeners can go if they want extra content? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you consume what we have here in our free area and you want more and maybe something outside of the Christmas realm, you can find our Patreon site by going to tisthepodcast.com backslash. Not backslash, right? Backslash? Backslash. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm tisthepodcast.com backslash Patreon, and that will divert you to our Patreon site. So Patreon's a little special, and for a minimum of $1 a month, you get access to different content that we don't typically put here. Um, We have some Halloween stuff. We talked about Hocus Pocus on there. We have some no holidays associated stuff on there. We talked about Clue. That was a really fun episode because Tom had never seen the movie. Um, we have some Thanksgiving stuff coming up where we're going to cover Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. We just dropped, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown for Halloween. Um, we have a lot of content there and we still have some Christmas stuff there as well. We even talked about the graphic novel, Batman Noel, um, on our Patreon site as well. So for a minimum of a dollar a month, you get access to the content. If you contribute $5 or more a month, you get one of our fancy new to the podcast stickers. You will see on our social medias. I know Anthony posted a picture Um, and then are we pulling that? No. By the time this airs, you all of our current patrons will be getting a limited edition short-term run to the podcast button as well. I, I, I feel like I need to apologize to our listeners, by the way. When I posted the sticker on social media for a few hours, it was up at 
if you donate one dollar per month, and then Tom dashed all of your dreams by reminding me it's five dollars, <laughs> and I had to <laughs> correct all the social media. So I apologize for anyone who saw that. Uh, yeah, because these stickers cost more than a dollar and shipping and everything. So, well, I had Tom sent me and Julia stacks of stickers each, and if you guys leave us a review, I'll send you a sticker as well because I don't think we need more reviews. So while you're on the Patreon site, you can see some of the different levels of giving. So if you decide to give it a higher level, $25 a month, it does give you the option to pick a movie and come on and co-host with us. And we've had a few people do that, and it's been just tons of fun for us to have some new people on the show and new perspectives. And anytime we get to talk with our fans in person is just a real highlight. So go ahead and check out Patreon. Um, but rest assured if it's not your thing we will always have content here every week for you and just so while we're talking levels at ten dollars a month you get to pick an episode every year that we will a movie that we will cover as well while we're talking patreon i want to welcome two new patrons from this week Catherine cross and Lindsay foster Lindsay is a former teen in my youth group i'm very excited to see her here hi Lindsay. both of you will be getting your tis the podcast sticker and button soon so thank you so much for being patrons welcome and thank you so guys it's november and our schedule is stacked the next two months prancer kicked it off love it or hate it it's one of those movies everyone knows it's a quote-unquote classic christmas movie but I feel like people are going to be really excited about the next two weeks. Next week, we're covering the beloved Garfield's Christmas. And the week after, we're covering Scrooge, the Alistair Sims version. Yay. Excited. We haven't done a Christmas, um, we haven't done a Christmas Carol in, in a bit. And it is in, is in a bit for us like a month because I feel like yes. we've covered like two years worth of Christmas Carol. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I feel like we were hitting it pretty hard there for a while, but there has been a definitive break. There with, has been. with the standard Christmas Carol, so I'm excited to get back to it. For those of you who wonder how long our podcast can go on, I'm pretty sure we can cover at least one more full year with all the adaptations of A Christmas Carol that have been done. (laughs) Oh, please don't, though. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine just doing, like, a full year of A Christmas Carol (laughs) every every week? Guys, how about a plot synopsis? (laughs) I definitely can't. <laughs> when, when Marley dies, Scrooge is visited by three ghosts. Well, I mean, we have two to the end of the year that we're covering. We do. We do. Are are any of the, are either of them in my four that I hate? I think one is. Tune in to find that. Which one do you think? I don't think you like Alistair Sims. I don't think you like Alistair. Interesting. I'm with Julia. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think we're gonna have a fan uh, be a fan of that one. I'm just really excited to see which of you gets the Christmas ornament from the other one. How many? Which one? Which of you guess got more correct? I gotta go back and look at my list. I do. I did get <laughs> I my. Just in case, I do have my uh, Mr. Hanky Christmas ornament for you, Julia. <laughs> from South Park. It's Mr. pretty Mr. crappy. Hanky the Christmas poo. <laughs> Mr. Crappy the Christmas Pooh? Mr. Hanky Mr. the Hanky. Christmas Pooh. 
Why is he not Mr. Crappy since he's Pooh? His name's Hanky. Why is his name well, Hanky? Is your dog's name dog or a cat's name cat? That'd be weird. But a hanky is something you wipe your nose with. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I'm going to start calling Julia's children boy one, boy two, boy three, girl. Um, in all seriousness, guys, speaking of Christmas ornaments, Tom, do we have an announcement we want to make? I do. We are taking signups for the next two weeks for a Christmas ornament swap. So sign up. And uh, you'll get paired up with people to send ornaments to, and you will get new ornaments for your tree. It'll be fun. I think we have more exciting news too, right? We do have some good news, y'all. It is only 1,224 hours until Christmas. That's only 51 days. It's only seven weeks. Less than two months. I have so much to do. Don't we all? I can't believe it's coming up that fast. I know. It is shocking. 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 I love the ripple effect whenever somebody (laughs) says that particular quote. It's echoed by everybody. (laughs) It's a compulsion. It has to happen. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Next week, we're hoping the movie won't be so much of a downer. And I'll be back. Will y'all be back next week? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bye, y'all. Neither of us are as funny as we think we are. I know. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Do your homework. Go Nats. Oh, cut that out. Oh, shoot. You're editing. Go Astros. It doesn't matter what we say. The game is over by the time it's <laughs> I know, but I gave him the look that you can't Good. turn me down. I'm look. glad you gave him the look. I gave him the look.